TV Land. That was Huddies for Hello in TV Land. My name is Rowan Wood. And I'm Sebastian Rekahoff, and this is Across the Stars, where if it's Star Wars, we, we cover, cover it. it. Uh, so you. today we have a very exciting uh, episode planned, very star-studded, as were the last three. Uh, for the last three weeks, we have read the, uh, the scrapped Star Wars Episode Nine script entitled Duel of the Fates. And uh, today we have some of our guests back in order to do a very spirited discussion uh, of the script and its contents, how it compares to the real episode nine and uh, whatever you consider to be the real episode nine, of course. And uh, so now it is time for our guests to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Aaron. Uh, I was in the last three episodes and I'm here again to talk to everyone about things. I'm Brennan. Same as Aaron. I'm not as clever as she is, so that's all I got. Me, Cam, no clever. Last three episodes, same. <laughs> and I'm Colin Trevorrow Jr. Uh, my dad wrote the script, uh, and I think he did a great job. All right. Uh, that's we're yeah. very excited to have Colin Trevorrow Jr. with <laughs> oh us. Actually, yeah, maybe 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 you can give us some insights as to as, as to what in the Our script uh, enraged uh, Kathleen Kennedy so much, uh, so that it uh, it it uh, didn't move forward. Uh, so I does anyone want to? Yeah. So does anyone want to start off with just some general thoughts on the script? Yeah. Uh, oh, ooh, who's going first? Ooh. Uh, we can have uh, Brennan go first. Okay. So. Actually, I'm literally no one knows this except maybe Rowan, but I hated the last two actual movies of the sequel trilogy. I was not a big fan of the Last Jedi, and I also did not like Rise of Skywalker. So then, reading this, I didn't unfortunately I didn't go in with too high hopes, but then I read it and I'm like, this is actually like like this is I feel like that this would have wrapped up the trilogy a lot better than what we got. However, the one problem I have with it is in the stage directions, directions at like the last seven pages, one of them, it said, Hux knows what happened. He lost the Star Wars. And that was the dumbest thing that ever could have been written. <laughs> Someone else can add in, but I found that so stupid. Colin, Colin Trevorrow Jr., why did your father make that choice? Um, I mean, a lot of people don't know that. Uh, I'm not going to disparage Colin Trevorrow. Um, I was about to say something horrible, but I'm not going to say it. Um, oh, no. God, man. I mean, that's the, all right. I'm like, bro, I don't know. I think Last Jedi was uh, overly ambitious. I think it bit off more than it could chew. And I think it did, it fell victim to kind of over intellectualizing Star Wars. Like it was kind of made for someone who has like is bored to tears almost by Star Wars and is like, I understand the floor. So, you know, that's who it was surprising to. And I can see why it, you know, it's certainly, I don't think it worked too well for me because I think Star Wars is very simple thematically. And I think both this and Rise of Skywalker are sort of that, um, but this is definitely better is the weird thing. It was my impression, but it's like I, I feel like if this had just come out and was its own thing, I, I probably wouldn't have liked it. But the fact that I have um, train wreck of Skywalker as a reference, um, and it's like look, rock in a hard place. Like I don't really, I can't fault them for having to make that movie in such a, you know, tiny time span, and like to have to have the pressure of wrapping up all these different threads and all these different. Know, dealing with Carrie Fisher like I can't even fathom having to do something like that uh, but this I don't know man there are a lot of groaners in there there was a lot of like I, I think my first one where I was like oh lord was when um, Rose Tico said <laughs> sorry Aaron said um, tell me the odds I like numbers I was like oh please don't no, don't, don't do this to me you're breaking my heart. I felt like Padman. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that in there, but like overall, 
better. Better. Yeah, no, I, I gotta agree with with Patrick. Just going off the fact that yeah, we we I think we can appreciate this more because we have such a bad comparison um, <laughs> of the the rise of Skywalker. Um, fresh in our minds from like a year or two ago. Uh, and I will agree this one was better, but it still had like a bunch of weird moments. Like one of the reasons I didn't like the Rise of Skywalker is I felt that the, it was like this, the, the weird romance in it. And then they tried to implement sort of the, the same thing again here, but also with Poe and it just felt really weird. It, yeah, uh, Cam, <laughs> you have? Well, I, I was going to something, but then it led into the Po topic. I, for the people listening, I have no reference to any Star Wars knowledge, but speaking as a complete unbiased person to the Star Wars trilogy, this is a pretty good script. The, the ending, in my opinion, was, you know, it felt, to me, it felt cut off. It felt like just, bam, it's over. We're done. We're done. Get out of the theater. But... <laughs> That's just me. Um, there were very, there were some weird moments in there. But yeah, Aaron, go take over, take over. <laughs> I would agree wholeheartedly that Beth Anworth, like he knew he had lost the Star Wars. Like, first of all, just <laughs> terrible, horrible. Like, I know, I know that wouldn't have been that's said great. in the script. Like, that's just like a direction line, but like horrible. And also like. No, it's never been called the Star Wars in any other of the movies. Like it's that's never been a thing. <laughs> Regardless, I yeah, but like that's the closest thing we have to that. Regardless, I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. That's the newest one, right? I saw the first two in like the Ray trilogy, but I haven't seen the last one. Regardless, I'm not I'm not a big Star Wars buff, but as far as I can tell, I liked um this script. It was fine. I'm also not a big like like media connoisseur i'm not like i don't need things to be perfect so like i, I don't know the movie could have been like mediocre to bad and i would have been like i enjoyed it <laughs> so you know that's where i stand i also i don't know anything about like the like the deep or like large lore of star wars or anything like that but i will say the weird ray kylo romance thing they try and put in is like stop don't do it it's disgust. it's weird i don't like it Anyways, Rowan, or Jenny Wood, sorry. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, for those of you who are listening and have no idea what Aaron's talking about, I'm using my mom's Zoom account. Uh, <laughs> so um, I feel like in <clears throat> this age of the internet and where everything is controversial to someone, uh, I feel like anything that they did to conclude this trilogy would have upset some people. Uh, like in, in this world, there's no satisfying everyone. Um, it's just a matter of, of, of finding the middle ground where people can mostly agree on things. Um, and I think this movie, Duel of the Fates, would have done a better job, if only slightly better job, than Rise of Skywalker. Um, it's not amazing by any means. Uh, like, it, it doesn't, you know, it introduces some new ideas, but nothing earth-shattering or lore-shattering. It's just, you know, it was, it, it was a way to end the franchise. Um, but I think the the rise of Skywalker definitely went in some directions that I was glad that this script avoided, uh, such as they sort of um, leaned somehow more into the Ray and um, Kylo romance, even though Disney has said that, oh, it's not a romance. That was just a mutual connection thing. And then Ryan Johnson the other day said, nah, that was definitely romantic. So they really need to, uh, they really need to, to make up their mind and decide on that. Aaron? Um, oh, God. I got distracted by that thing that you were saying. I completely forgot. <laughs> Brennan, I saw your hand was up. You go and I'll remember. <laughs> okay. Um, I was, because I remember when I, uh, I was talking to Rowan at one point about the movie and then about um, Rise of Skywalker. And then I was thinking, I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. So they said that the kiss wasn't romantic. And he goes, yes. And I go, now lore and everything is all weird. So to sum it up pretty much, at some point, in some way, they infer that Palpatine is Anakin's father. Because his, he no. did, 
that it was his... Plagueis. It was his master Plagueis. I'm sorry to interrupt, Brennan. Plagueis. <laughs> what? It was his Dark Lord of the Sith Plagueis. He influenced oh, no. the Midichlorians to create life. <laughs> Palpatine did not have their powers. Plagueis, who is a Moon. If you know the banking clan, he looks like the the, the big like tall guy. He was a banking clan guy, a Moon. I think the banking clan. Damn, this is some deep Star Wars lore. I, so, I have no idea. You're about to call I, that I, incest. You're I about to call lost. that incest. I'm on to you. I don't think that's incest. <laughs> oh my it's god. Still, it's still bad. It's still Sort of force incest. It's yeah. implied, like, I think Palpatine was helping, though, so maybe it is, like, they're, like, two dads. Yeah, like, I knew they, that he... They tag-teamed it? Yeah. No. <laughs> they, they essentially assaulted God, like, which is... Yeah. You know, that's... I mean, you can talk about um, consent in the Star Wars universe. Um, that's all, that's really that's an episode day. all its own. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but good mm. God, uh, I'll go Aaron because seems she figured out what she wanted to say. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I like again. I don't know a whole lot about Star Wars. I have no idea what they did with Kylo Ren in the actual in like the actual cut that we got. But like, the, I liked what they did with him. In this one where he like he gets like he like finds the holocron he gets like he gets his face destroyed or whatever um he like he gets like the sith powers he like goes to try and find like the epic dark power whatever and ways to stop him i don't know i like what they did with him and that and how him and ray's thing was kind of like separate from the battle being fought elsewhere but regardless i don't know that was i liked i liked what they did with him in this movie and that whole plot line of him like getting the sith powers and then finding the thing and being like sick or whatever that was i like that yeah. uh is, is, is anyone talking about a hand up i can't see if one of the things oh sebastian there you go you were the one camera off of my off of my thing <laughs> that's fine um now i just same thing just happened to me what was I right it's it's weird um <laughs> it was something about kylo ren I mean, he's the best okay, I, I had another point about Palpatine. I'll bring that up. I like that in this one they didn't bring back Palpatine because even like the the Rise of the First yeah. Order, they mentioned this in the script. Um, um, the Rise of the First Order sort of makes the entire original trilogy feel kind of pointless, and so when Rise of Skywalker brings back Palpatine on top of that, it's like what what did they really do? They didn't even kill the Emperor. They did. The Empire is like back. I mean, all they did was just set it back 30 years. So I was kind of happy about that. And then Kylo in this one got to like, I guess, he he was more his own, he was more like an actual antagonist in this one than in the uh, Patrick, or you have your hand up, please yeah, say. But me. that's the thing where it's like, is that something to praise this script for? For like, oh yeah, you didn't ruin it. Like the way you could, you know, like if there was a yeah. movie that existed out there where five minutes in Poe Dameron's like, I'm just going to kill myself and killed himself. We'd be like, the script is much better because Poe Dameron does not kill himself for no reason. He doesn't slip and fire his blaster into his head five minutes into the movie. Like, cause Oscar Isaac was like, I don't really want to do this. You know, uh, where it's like, I, I agree with you. Um, but I think all of these movies kind of have a villain problem where it's like, well, Snoke is like so generic that he's not interesting. So it's like, I understand why Ryan Johnson would be like, yeah, whatever, just get rid of him. But I don't know. Then you have Kylo. It's like he gets his hiney whooped the first two movies, just, you know, constantly. And, it, you know, I, I think this script really goes out of its way to try to like establish him as a threatening force. You know, they, they put him in opposition to Hux to try to make him more like, oh, he's confident now. And oh, he talks down to Hux and Hux gets screwed up, you know, and he, he basically wins the duel at the end, which was a little weird, like a little interesting. Um, I don't know if that minimizes Ray's accomplishments or if it's like, no, well, she won every other duel. So it's like, I guess, but I don't know. He, he, because that's something in Rise of Skywalker that I don't think they ever overcome is that Kylo is still, he's never not the second banana, even though he's supposed to be your kind of lead villain. You know, he always just feels like a, Man, he's gonna get redeemed, and he does. Maybe neither Aaron or Jeff or jump right in. Jeff, you can go because I went last. So, thank you, Aaron. So, 
on what Patrick was saying, how he was talking about um, how in the first two movies he got his hiney whooped and then we just assumed that he became confident or whatever within the last movie. Now. <laughs> it was very reminiscent to me in my mind of like Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy. Like in the first two movies, he was like training and he was doing all this stuff. And then just all of a sudden the time skip to Jabba's hut at the beginning of the Return of the Jedi, it's pretty much implied that he's just a Jedi master. Mm -hmm. That like within that year, he's like, boom, that's it. So I think maybe that's what they were doing or maybe they just genuinely, I feel like that they had no idea that they were doing that and it just happened to play out that way. I don't give Disney that much credit. I'm sorry, but that's a smart point. Hmm. It's a great in there. Yeah, um, I think it's it's same thing with Ray too because they're they're like whatever, like like jamming that like like throwing the bomb up into the transmission thing, or whatever, in the beginning of the movie, and like everything like goes to shit, and then like Ray shows up and she's like epic. She had like her dual lightsaber, or whatever, and she like, surprises them. So I think that's, it's, cool. that's a similar thing. They did with Ray in the time skip because I feel like in the first two movies, which are the ones I've seen, like sure she was like competent, but she like she like wasn't like a Jedi really, right? Like she like just discovered her powers or whatever. Um, but like, I feel like, and like in this movie, she uses like Jedi mind tricks throughout the whole movie, like confidently, like is like much better. I don't know. I just, I thought like they did the same thing with her as they did with Luke that Brandon mentioned. But like after that time skip, now she's like a much more powerful Jedi, which I liked. Um, I liked her and Kylo both being like more powerful and competent in this one yeah well and then that makes me think though like balance is such a nebulous concept in all these star wars movies i always feel like it means something different in every movie where it's like half of the time it's like oh the dark side is like an arboration you know it's uh yeah it's it's harming the force and balance is purely the light side like it's like a tumor on the world and then other times it's like no 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 the light and the dark are like you know because that's the path that Last Jedi um, went down, and then this kind of follows up on that. So at least there's that kind of consistency to it, uh, you know. And then you I, you could say that ideas in Force Awakens. I don't think Force Awakens had many ideas at all, but like, you know, where Kylo having the <laughs> feeling the pull to the light, like maybe you could say that's a theme building on. But then, and again, this is praising the movie for not completely like going back on everything else, but it's like in rise of skywalker it's like it goes right back to the george lucas idea that no 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 killing all the sith that is balance you know but then it's like well i don't know that's the one thing is like maybe this one has a bit more finality where it's like we've reached balance or whatever Mm -hmm. that means whereas rise of skywalker it's like well how do i know palpatine yeah he got vaporized but like he came back from falling down (laughs) starting and blown up and yeah maybe he's got another secret planet in the the, the unknown secret ancient cryptic region and he's hey, you fool my thousand year plan i was alive the whole time like you know like in episode 19 like 40 years from now when yeah. bring out oscar isaac 90 year old oscar isaac like uh, all true i met lando like whatever you know so like is this just forever now like cyclical pop in jenny uh, yeah, so I feel like um, Patrick sort of just to branch off what you were saying, um, the Duel of the Fates doesn't try to um, sort of override everything the Last Jedi introduced. It worked with what it had. It it mm-hmm. continues to give the character of Rose relevance, which is something the Rise of Skywalker did not do. Um, and you know, it has like it. It, 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 it continues the trend of Patrick, as you were mentioning, the, the theme of balance and that and its meaning that Ryan Johnson tried to tried to use. Um, it has Luke like still advising Ray, like, you know, Rise of Skywalker sort of, it ha- had Luke in the one scene, but the Duel of the Fates makes him a more important part of the story. Um, and also uh, sort of Patrick, you hinted at this, at the end of Duel of the Fates, you know, Rey sort of achieves true balance in herself and she becomes like the ideal force user, like not Jedi, not Sith, sort of just in the middle. But and she I, is a Jedi though. Yeah, but like... <laughs> pretty, sort of. That's where it's like it's muddled. It's like, exactly, yeah. exactly. And and 
I feel like that's something that the movies never fully committed to. They sort of hinted at it like, oh, like they don't have mm-hmm. to be fully Jedi or fully Sith. But at the end, Ray yeah. becomes, you know, like it shows that you don't have to be a Jedi or a Sith. Like, like you don't have to be all good or all bad. There is a middle ground. I just think that it could have gone about it a little bit better and not introduced the concept in the last few pages uh, after pretty much <laughs> after pretty much killing off Ray. Um, and then, yeah. and then sort of oh, right, the Harry right. Potter ending, like, yeah, yeah right. I will say they do um, because she did use force lightning earlier in the movie, but that was kind of a one off thing that didn't mm-hmm. seem to have that much impact on her. But yeah. it was something that they threw in there, but not enough, just yeah. Well, the, that the, if, you, if you're introducing the idea that maybe the Jedi are it's like they were never gonna do that because, like, you know, you have 50 guys in suits, guys and gals um, of many different races and ethnicities and sexual orientations. Uh, you have all of them there going, like, no, 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 at Disneyland, we're opening the, uh, the junior Jedi training course where they build their lightsabers. Like, we cannot get rid of that. You can't have her not be a Jedi. Like, so it's yeah. like, all right, if she can't not be a Jedi, make her a Jedi. Like, you know, it's all gobbledygook, um, yeah. like, philosophy. So it's like, just make it the one that is consistent with everything else you're doing you know why you're gonna brennan um i think okay so i so in the rise of skywalker those of you that don't know at the end there is a there is a same-sex kiss in it (gasps) no such hold on no such thing (laughs) hold on kind of movie <laughs> oh, boy. thing is in this script and then i'm like okay i because i didn't i didn't like it the same thing is very it's wonky and forced much like that one guy in endgame that's played by the straight director when he's like <laughs> oh my boyfriend and he's like oh that's it representation like it was. I don't obviously- even wait. That was a thing. I don't remember that ending. Yeah, it, 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 it was like a throwaway. <laughs> I didn't notice that at all. Anyway. It was right in the beginning. It was in the. Oh, enough, that, oh like, I remember that. Yeah, no, I know yeah, what I, I know. The, the in, the, in the foreign version, yeah. in the foreign version, you can just change it to my wife. You know, like, <laughs> like that's that's that kind of like passive progressive. You know, yeah. hey, Rowan, hop in there. Oh, I see you. Yes. Okay. Um. So. <laughs> I wonder if J.J. Abrams actually wrote into his script. In the background, we see a woman kiss another woman. I definitely did. I, I feel, there we go. I feel like that was just something that 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 like they had on the day, and they were like, "Okay, we need representation in this movie. It's the last day of filming. Okay, oh, oh, okay, you kiss that woman. Boom, representation. We're we're, we're done it here at Disney. Yeah. Um, so Bravo. I think all bigotry. Had the rise of Skywalker been made, they might have included um, something like this. But Brennan, I do understand your point that it's not a part of the story. They should have made Finn mm-hmm. and Poge. That's yeah. just me, Aaron. Yes, yes, thank you. I was gonna say, yeah, I would agree with you there. Like, like, yeah, they just like threw in the background. I do agree with Ron. I'm betting that he was just like, oh, we gotta have something in here. Like you two, just like go out in the background and scene or something. I don't know. Do go whatever. at it in the but, like, background. <laughs> yeah, because like they're not like My they could have even made them like minor side characters that like appeared once or twice like not just like on a random people but regardless um this is totally irrelevant to the current time we were just talking about but okay uh, which is the movie where they're looking for the map to find luke is that force awakens that's or, yeah, like, force awakens uh, force awakens uh, yeah, yeah yeah right it's the goonies luke, luke skywalker right he he like he when ray arrives he's like super annoyed and like grumpy because he wants to be alone right he wanted to isolate himself so he went to the most remote part of the galaxy to like, isolate himself from everywhere and not see anyone ever again so why did he leave a fucking map? Why? <laughs> why? It's like, I want to be isolated and never seen again wow. and go to the furthest reaches of the galaxy. I laid a hidden map with a scavenger hunt to find me. Can you do why? Why? Hold on. I can explain I this. It's because his best friend who we've never met before, Lor Santeca, might want to visit him. Obviously. <laughs> And it was because uh, that was the lost Jedi home planet. So maybe he had charted the course there in R2-D2 and then tried to like, that's why he turned off R2-D2 because that was his navigation. And it wasn't, it was a map because people were using it as a map, but it was more a map for his sake. See, if you really want to um, add a gay character, make Luke gay. 
Make Laura Santeca his husband. Do oh my it. God, perfect. Do I it, love you it. cowards. Do it. Make Luke Skywalker gay. That's I like do it. it. I dare you. I New double potato. dog dare you. <laughs> Make his lightsaber rainbow. <laughs> oh my God, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that, that might be a little fun. Can I know? <laughs> oh, Brennan, go on. Bre Something that they may. Okay, so there's obviously the Poe and Finn thing. Personally, I don't think it would have worked. Something that was introduced in this story, Rafe and Finn. What about that? Mm, yeah, that could have worked. It. We could have just thrown Rose to the curb and she could have been a full-on lesbian. And then bada bing, bada boom. I mean, that, I'm, that's a good, I, I like that. Actually. That's, a, that's a good, <laughs> good storyline. Actually, wait, no, that's perfect. Wait, Rafe is the stormtrooper that Finn yeah. like, convinces yeah. earlier on and then he sees yeah. him in the room. That's and, like, perfect. Rebellion together. And... That's perfect. I love that. And then like because... when, and then they, and then wait, no, and then you get you get the kiss when they win. Yeah. And they're like both on they they're both on the walker. Dude, it's they kiss and like fireworks explode behind them. Right, and I'm like it's perfect. <laughs> I love it because oh, in, yeah. in the actual Rise of Skywalker, they made they changed the Wraith character to a woman called, named Janna, who yes. was a stormtrooper, and then she left. And her character was so inconsequential to the movie <laughs> that yeah, I, she was. They like, rode space horses. She was there to be one of the like a quarter of the people of color in the cast. And oh no! Like that was the and for Lando to Ooh. hit on her. Creepily, yeah. Yeah. She might yeah, be little his daughter. Yeah, okay, Disney's now. not a Disney's. I feel like Disney only dropped the ball in that particular one. The way you just described it. Yeah. I think that's. A, Here's Ooh. the thing. I gotta. This is. This is maybe like not a uh, less lighthearted topic, but I gotta say, for all these movies, they really dropped the ball for Finn, even in this one. And I gotta say, I think it's a race thing. I think it's really. You see the Force Awakens poster with him on it with the lightsaber. He looks huge. And then Chinese really. Oh, does you sure make him tiny and in the corner put a robot bigger? Like you know. And then I. I feel like. I mean. This is something that um, John Boyega has talked about, that there was a deliberate reordering of hierarchy of the characters. Like that, it was like a mandate that eh, you can't really make this Finn guy. He's like the funny guy. He like says the jokes. He's not the main guy though. Where it's like, you hired him as the face of Star Wars. And I really got to say, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of talk about giving um, the faux, uh, pin faux, whatever, Poe Finn relationship, making that the relationship. The chemistry in the first movie and all the romantic hinting and stuff like that is purely Finn and Ray. That's what it is. Like he's either, you know, they have chemistry. They, you know, they're, he's like asking her if she's got a cute boyfriend and stuff like that. Like that is so strongly hinted. And the only reason I can think they'd go away from that is that you can't have a black guy kiss a white lady, even after all this time in a big Hollywood movie. You can have a white guy kiss a black lady. Captain Kirk did that in the 60s. And I guess they did in Marvel movies, as long as she's painted green, that's okay. But uh, you can't have black guys stealing our white lady. Like we, we're still not there. And it's just like, for all the bluster about how diverse these casts are and all of that, it's, but yeah, no, you can't, a black guy cannot kiss a white lady. You know, like, it's just, it's, it's sick to me. It's something that I, I watch it and that's always in the back of my mind where it's like, man, this guy really, He's a star, you know, he's really, really talented Boyega. And he, even in this, like he, he has more to do than he has in Rise of Skywalker, but it's still like, yeah, I don't know. Either you hop in. Let me... um, I guess I'll go. Um, I was going to say, like, I agree with you, like, wholeheartedly there. And also, like, um, I feel like, I feel like, like, uh, having Poe or even Rose as, like, like, the, like, the, like, you know, like the funny guy is like in the background, like, like, they, I think. Uh, Poe specifically would have worked far better for that because he's kind of like the like because like he kind of plays like the kind of like brash like I don't know, like rebel guy or whatever and like, I feel like he could have he could have pulled off that role perfectly and also like again yeah they had Finn um on all the posters like big and like huge and like and just like and then they're like oh no wait we can scrap that we can't like <laughs> like oh, not I feel like uh, I yeah I feel like it would have been it would have been and I feel like we did it we did have a moment in the first movie where he had the lightsaber but it wasn't it wasn't enough um. But yeah, and I feel like I feel like again, yeah, like Finn and Rose, like that was definitely like way more chemistry, chemistry there in the first movie. And like, if, like I feel like Poe definitely should have ended. Poe, regardless of anything else in the movie, Poe should end up alone. That's all I have to say. I don't dislike Poe, but I, he doesn't work with any of the other characters. 
Like he doesn't he doesn't have any romantic chemistry with any of them. Like I don't know. Like I guess I guess Poe and Finn kind of, but like, but like if you want to have like gay like Finn relationship, like Finn and Rafe works way better. And Rafe, Rafe's just in the last movie in this in this script, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't know. I never saw Poe. Poe never really had any chemistry with me with any of the other main characters. Um, so I feel like just like shoving that in there was like not that useful. But Brennan? I wanna I wanna I wanna pause our discussion for a second uh, and say that Eliza. Uh, who read for a few roles in the nice. of the script discussion has arrived. Uh, nice. Eliza, welcome back to Across the Stars. Uh, we appreciate you coming. Hello, good to be back. And uh, so, uh, Eliza, we're doing a, a, a system of uh, hand raising. Uh, you you can just type in the chat if you wanna, uh, if you have <laughs> a, like a point to say, and then someone will call on you. Uh, Brennan, you were going to say something. Yes. Oh, that. Sorry, I remembered. Um, <laughs> so something that I liked about Finn in this script is that he had a lot more to do, but it still felt squandered to the potential that he was like hinted to. Like in the beginning, he like in the for in the Rise of, not the Rise of Skywalker. What am I trying to say? In the Force Awakens, he did. He had the big traitor thing. Well, of course, it's the meme like traitor, but he has the lightsaber and like he seems important and then in the last jedi and the rise of skywalker he pretty much spent half the time yelling for ray or looking for ray probably more than half the time and i make that joke all the time but really i think it's just rooted in they didn't know what to do with him or they're like we don't want him to become the face because the whole thing is that we wanted the woman to be the thing which that's fine they could have had equal things they're on different fields that's the thing. Like she's the Jedi, he's not, but they can still be important. It doesn't. You don't have to have just one main character. That's what I think made the original trilogy so good, is that it was kind of Luke's story, but then Han also had his development, and then Leia also had her development. So like they were on different like power levels and stuff, but they were still equal. And I feel like that this mm-hmm. trilogy, uh, like trio, wasn't really equal in what they did yeah sebastian you keep on getting fridged i'm sorry oh that's, that's <laughs> fine. i keep i keep putting my hand down because then yeah i not that it, i don't know but um anyway uh i was just gonna say that yeah no i i totally agree about all this this finn stuff i feel like the most important thing he did was convince us that he was the main character in force awakens and i feel like that's <laughs> only reason they had him like there in the first place uh, after they decided that Ray was was gonna be the main character and so and so you know it, it feels like that's the only reason they had him like Brennan said they didn't really have much to do with him because you know you have the they tried to make him a resistance leader at the end but you already have you know Leia and like Poe sort of filling that role and so Finn like you know you, you can't have three resistance leaders it, it you know it doesn't it doesn't work that well um yeah. eliza uh, so. hello um i think personally what i saw in the duel of the fate script just kind of mirrors what they did in the rise of skywalker which is they introduce all these new characters and then realize that well, they did that obviously in the seventh movie, but I don't think they built enough of an attachment to them like they did in four, five, and six. So they still rely on the old characters like Leia and C3PO and R2D2 to carry the emotional weight of the story because they know we're already attached to those characters, which is true, we are. But I think the fact that like this emotional moment is still right around R2, like quote unquote, dying and Leia like giving up, it kind of still shows that they understand that the characters they created weren't enough of, like we didn't have enough of an attachment to them that they're still kind of like holding on to the attachment they built in the first movies because their new characters are almost not quite iconic enough to be the people that we feel emotionally attached to. And I just, I think that they're just kind of revealing themselves there. And I think that's interesting. Uh, I just got to chime in. I'm going to have to pop off. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Uh, Goodbye in TV land.
Love you. Uh, Thank you for the discussion. It's lovely to have you. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that I feel like I agree with you, Eliza, um, with that with like them kind of relying on old characters. I mean, I feel like something they could have done in this movie and also like something like they could have done with Finn that I think would have been good was because again, as as Brian was saying, like 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 he has to be kind of equal with Ray, but they don't have to be the same. Like Ray's the Jedi, I guess, or the Jedi Master, the Force person. In, in this movie, she's off like fighting Kylo most of the time. And I feel like having Finn as the resistance leader, which they kind of try and shove in at the end, I mean, it kind of worked, but like not completely. But I feel like having him as a as like the resistance leader and like like a rebel um, thing would have been a good arc for him because it makes him and Ray both very important. Like they kind of promise in Force Awakens, but they're different. Right, they're not the same, and also it gives an excuse to kind of push some of those other. Like, I, I love Leia, but I feel like again, as we're saying, it kind of hurts the movie relying on old characters, um, like that. And I feel like having Finn step up and maybe Leia step down because, like, she's been doing like her character, like character-wise, like she's been doing this for what, like, sixty years now. Like, having Leia step down from the Rebels and having Finn take over, maybe not take over, but have a bigger role, um would have been like much better and having that kind of be his thing um throughout the movie is like him and rare different sides of like um the rebellion uh sebastian uh another another pretty interesting thing that you see in like both movies is that finn just i'm just going off the tangent of finn here yeah <laughs> um, uh finn finds like a group of stormtroopers and you know, they that decide to re or that either have or decide to rebel against the empire, and so mm -hmm. it's it you know it's I, know, I just find it interesting to see like what they actually did decide to keep uh, from the the original script, and then the, what they got rid of. Another thing that they like toyed around with was the idea of Ray turning to the dark side and like using mm -hmm. force lightning and shit, but then they again same thing with Rise of Skywalker and in Duel of the Fates they don't really do a whole lot with that idea they just introduce it and then drop it soon after yeah. uh, brendan you had your hand up correct yes i don't know what i was gonna say i think i just <laughs> wanted to speak which nice. would, which isn't shocking for me <laughs> now now that i have the floor i think that um in both rise of skywalker and and duel of the fates i mean they both had a hard job they both had to sum up a sequel trilogy that more or less has been like mediocre i th i th i mean success wise money wise obviously it was fantastic disney's lucasfilm they got all the money because you know they're disney and lucasfilm <laughs> but like critics wise and audience wise they were pretty uh different in both of the movies so they had to find a way to tie it together I feel like that Duel of the Fates did a lot better job tying it up. Yeah. But I also feel like that there was, because it always felt so disjointed to me, all three of them, because the whole plot was like Kathleen Kennedy, the big CEO, right, of, of Lucasfilm or whatever the hell she is. She's like, okay, okay, this is a brilliant idea, right? I'm going to have three different directors for all three of the movies and have them write the same thing and write their own things. And pretty much not really talk to the other. Like she probably like put them in like those little like MCAS things, you know, when you're a kid, like, <laughs> like standardized testing things, and you put up the folders, and they're like, you write your script, and don't bother Ryan over there. And JJ's like, God damn it, I wanted to copy <laughs> off of him. Like it just, I think the whole point is that it was gonna feel disjointed anyway, but because I think JJ Abrams was brought in, and he's like all right all right i want to go with my original idea so let's just get rid of ryan johnson's thing and just pfft, it's fine so i think it was original i think it was doomed to be disjointed to begin with but i believe that duel of the fates would have been more successful in summing it up sebastian you can go. yeah no i i totally agree with brennan that's one of my biggest uh if not my biggest if not my biggest issue with the uh with the sequel trilogies, when you see the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy, you can see like some kind of connection, or at the very least, like like a, a plan for the, for what's supposed to happen at the very least by the end of the trilogy. 
with the sequel trilogy, everything just feels so, like you said, disjointed and, and all that. So like you said, it doesn't really matter what this movie would have been, whether it was Rise of Skywalker or Duel of the Fates, it would still feel really disconnected from the the other the other movies in the trilogy that it's a part of. But, yeah. Anybody else have any other uh, speaking? Eliza. Eliza. Oh, Eliza. Yeah. Didn't yeah, I got to say, I love the MCAS metaphor. It's <laughs> like, uh, if you guys create a coherent storyline, I know you're cheating off each other. Um, <laughs> and I, I think one of my biggest problems with those is they both, both of the scripts is that they both shoot for Ray's Grey Jedi arc at the end, which I have no problem with because I've pretty much been obsessed with Grey Jedi since I heard about the concept. It's, I think, morally where most, most of my favorite characters lie. But they didn't contextualize enough for people who haven't seen Clone Wars or read like lore books and know what the Grey Jedi are and what the Grey Jedi Code means. And for the people who do understand that, they were very... They weren't super consistent with the idea. Their whole idea was just let's have her like be somewhere between the force, but they don't they don't dig enough into it. They're like in this weird in between where it doesn't really make sense for anybody who watched the movie. Like personally, I was like, I think this is what they're hinting at. And I know that that's what they're hinting at because they gave her a golden lightsaber in like the end of the ninth or the script they ended up making into a movie. But it's just all very it feels very forced. It feels like they all they knew is that they wanted to make her a gray Jedi or something similar to that. And then kind of didn't elaborate much on the idea except for like to give her like the very the very bare minimum to make her that character. Aaron. I have a question because I'm not a huge Star Wars buff. For all of you Star Wars buffs that uh, well, are in the call, not like everyone watching this, but um, like is I'm assuming there's lore behind like Jedi like lightsaber colors. I know Sith are red and like Jedi are probably like blue and green, but like why why the fuck did Mace Windu have a purple one? Why is he the only one? So he had that because specifically samuel jackson said if you don't give me a purple lightsaber i won't be in the movie oh well there's no lore based reason (laughs) except for he decided and was like also i'm putting a swear on my lightsaber hilt i'm sure that they've elaborated on that idea and the lightsabers obviously all have very specific meanings like the black lightsaber is the mandalorian lightsaber which is vastly different and can only be won in a battle to the death like there's always something about the specific colors but that one was literally just Samuel Jackson being himself on a movie set. Yeah, that kind of that kind of slaps. That's 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 baller. Um, Sebastian, I, uh, fun, I just want to say, fun fact: the reason he wanted it was so that he could keep track of himself on screen because he didn't want to get lost in the blues and greens. Oh, that's amazing! Interesting, interesting. That's so good. Yeah, Brennan. I also want to say, um, so those of us that can see each other. I was chuckling a little bit during Eliza's thing. It was only because you said forced, and I thought it was a funny pun. It wasn't a pun. (laughs) Star Wars pun. So I thought it was funny. Also thought it was a pun. I mean, if it was a pun, it was it was hilarious. And if not, it it didn't interrupt the coherency of your sentence. I still understood. Sure, (laughs) sure, it was a pun. It wasn't, but like you know, sure. I'm glad I made you guys happy. Go with it. <laughs> yeah. Miss Wood, um, do you have anything? Jenny Wood, yeah. Do you have, a, do you have any Ms. comments? Wood, do you have something to contribute? Um, <clears throat> am I clearing my throat a lot just to see if I can think of something on the spot? Yes, I sure <laughs> am. <laughs> Rowan's oh, actually boy. never watched Star Wars no, and no, was hoping we just no run the show. Yeah, not a single, not a single movie. <laughs> I will say, okay, I've seen all the movies except for Rise of Skywalker, which is the one that that they made instead of Duel of the Fates. Yeah. But I will say, having... Okay, so I liked the... I don't know how Rise of Skywalker ended. 
Oh, that's that's the newest one, right? Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I always get the names mixed up. I know Force Awakens is the first one of this trilogy, but I have no idea what the second one's called, and I always think I always get confused. But Last anyways, Jedi. Jedi, thank you, thank you, Sebastian. Regardless, um, I liked the sort of big, like, like like high stakes, like space battle at the end of Duel of the Fates. Like that it was just like it's just like kind of fun. Like I mean, that's like I don't know. For me, like Star Wars is. Those like like that's one of the reasons I really liked Rogue One, which is like for me as a not big Star Wars fan, like those like big like cool like space battles uh, that are kind of like I guess like high tense for the rebels, and then like the Jedi stuff is going on somewhere else. Um, that's kind of like a big I I've always really enjoyed that part of Star Wars, um, especially like in the last um, the last movie of Revenge of the Sith. Oh my God, what's the name of the last one in the original trilogy? Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. And that one where like Luke's off fighting um like Vader and like Palpatine and like the rebels are fighting somewhere else and they have their big battle. I don't know. I've always liked the sort of like big epic space battle part of Star Wars and then the Jedi stuff's going on somewhere else. Um I know I saw Sebastian raise his hand, I also saw Eliza, so one of you guys can Eliza can go first, it's fine. Cool. That idea just you reminded me of what actually happens in the last movie, which is <laughs> at least space battle wise which is palpatine raises an entire like probably thousands of giant freaking ships from like the ground of the planet and that was one of my least favorite parts of the movie because they're suggesting that the little people who are like those small people who are like bringing palpatine back to life Either they created somehow an army of starships also in that time or he and found the resources to do it or he like did it with the force, both of which I hate. I yeah. hated that part of the movie. That was like a yeah. huge pet peeve for me because, yeah, it created a very, very cool final scene. But I feel like it would have been better if there was more of a reason behind it or if there was just mm-hmm. an existing force behind the like the empire's remaining ships you know i feel like they did it so that the fight could be like unwinnable without them killing palpatine but that Mm -hmm. takes away the thrill of the space fight because it's unwinnable I feel like that yeah. was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I feel like what they did in Duel of the Fates, where like it's unwinnable, but just like because the First Order is so powerful and has so many like like big starships, like I feel like they could have easily just been like, yes, yeah, the First Order, they have thousands of huge gunships. Like that's so easy to do, like to make the odds like worse for the rebels. I don't know. I feel like that would have been a better idea. Also, I just I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, but I've seen clips and I've seen a review and I've watched the cinema since one. Why the fuck did they bring back Palpatine? That's just stupid. Like <laughs> first, first you're like, ooh, Snoke, oh he's dead, and then ooh, Pal- like Palpatine, like, <laughs> like, like that's why I liked like that that Kylo was the main villain in Duel of the Fates. It was his movie. He was more powerful and like that. I like that him being the villain. But um, Sebastian. Okay, I just want to go back quick. I'm going to continue off that, but first I'm going to go yeah, back go quickly to uh, space battles. And uh, yeah. I don't know why, but they in my head, I imagined uh, Princess Leia being like a pirate captain in that last scene of Duel of the Fates, oh, like, like swinging around and firing all the like, yeah. ion cannons. Yeah, it was a, in my head, that's how I pictured it. Yeah. But then uh, what were we just talking about? Oh, right, Palpatine gets brought back in Rise of Skywalker. And as much as I love seeing Palpatine, he's one of my favorite characters. All I could think yeah. was, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and I was worried. I was worried when I first saw the cat. Rowan showed me the casting for um, Duel of the Fates. When I saw Cam Hoppers as Palpatine, I was like, did they really bring him back for Duel of the Fates too? That's such <laughs> a, that's so weird. But uh, no, I was glad that it was just a hologram. Um, Aaron. Yeah. Um. I was, say, I was just saying, like, I was just, like, going off of what you said about, like, the Palpatine thing. Like, it's, again, what Eliza brought up earlier, which I think was a really good point of, like, them relying on old characters, like, which is fine. Um, like, how I was in the first couple movies, like, obviously, I, I'm fine with having Chewie in every single movie. Um, but, like, it's, again, it's, it's relying on old characters because they haven't managed to, and, like, they haven't managed to get as invested in, like, the new characters and villains that much, I feel like. Like, sure, like, 
Um, the old characters are just so iconic since they, they were kind of handicapped there, but also like it's kind of on, they didn't do as good of a job. And again, it's also like the disjointedness of all the movies that makes us not really super invested in any of the, like, the new characters that much. And so they have to rely on those old ones. Um, I also think that bringing back Palpatine's a huge detriment to Kylo because like um, even in the first two movies, he's kind of like a lame villain. Like he's fine, I guess, but he's just like weak. Um, and like, I feel like what they did with him in the Duel of the Fates was just a lot better. And it was he was definitely strengthened by not having Palpatine. Um, Eliza? So kind of to, to add to that, I, I definitely agree that like part of the disjointedness of the movies affects the new characters a lot because when you're writing the old characters, the different directors, they knew what characters they were writing that had been written before a ton of times. But when you have a whole new set of characters without a lot of communication between the people creating them, they kind of feel like not vastly different, but slightly different characters in every movie. It's like, okay, it's, it, and there's a difference between obvious character development, which is like, I feel like they all get that to some extent you know, they become a better or different person throughout the movies, but that's not the same as them just kind of writing the characters slightly different, and then it's hard to get attached to those characters because, like, okay, well, who are they, you know? What kind of person are they? Because you change it every time. Yeah. So, especially, I feel like that happened a lot with Finn, a lot with Poe. It was hard to get attached to those characters because you couldn't figure out for the life of you who those characters really were. It's yeah. very odd. Um, I feel like, so I'm just going to chime in here, but I feel like if, actually, Brennan, you had a hand up. Brennan, you can go first. I'll go after you. Oh, well, I was just going to say, do we want to start a comparison talk of what we ended up getting and what we could have had? Because I have some few things on, like, comparison-wise. But um, Eric- yeah, go ahead. Um, oh, I was going to say, like, I feel like, um, I feel like just like a little quick thing I've realized that I feel like having, yeah, like just making the characters more consistent throughout the movies and having more consistent character development, like Ray kind of becoming a Jedi. I feel like having Finn more of a strong like rebel leader would have done that. Um, I feel like Poe doesn't really change much, but I feel like he also doesn't really need to. It's kind of his thing is he's like stubborn and like reckless. And I feel like his character wouldn't suffer from not changing um, that much. But I feel like I feel like Finn and Ray definitely needed more um more like consistent character development throughout the movie and it definitely would have helped with the conclusion too um but yeah Brennan, you can go okay so like comparison wise there as much as i praise duel of the fates for doing something that i thought that the rise of skywalker didn't do it nothing is without its flaws i feel like because there is those of you that listen to the podcast there is a uh, minor character from the original trilogy, Bosk, who is a bounty hunter, that comes in for literally, it probably would have been less than 30 seconds of screen time. <laughs> Which I'm like, I get what you're doing, but you need to find a way to balance fan service. And like, what's the difference between a glorified cameo and like successful fan service? Like, little tangent. I feel like that the Mandalorian, those of you that have watched it, have done a better job of doing that because they've incorporated the prequels, the sequels, the original trilogy, the lore, and they've put everything, I think, pretty well together compared to other things. Mm-hmm. But like the Rise of Skywalker and the Duel of the Fates, they just kind of like, oh, this will give people a, go- a good chuckle because this is a character that we already mm-hmm. saw. Or this is like Lando was squandered in both movies, I feel like. He, it was very reminiscent of like his Return of the Jedi thing at the end of uh, the Return of the Jedi and uh, what is this one? The Duel of the Fates. He kind of just showed up as an ex machina and like he kind well, he wasn't too much of an ex machina in Return of the Jedi, but he was a lot more of a deus ex machina in Duel of the Fates than anything else because they're like, oh, all hope is lost. And then he pulled his own falcon moment on your left and then he's like boom lay i'm here so mm-hmm. i'm like what's the point of him being like oh i don't want to do it i don't want to do it and then an hour <laughs> later in the movie he's like i did it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um 
Yeah, yeah. So I have to say that, like, I would agree with you. Is that a big problem? I think I think a big problem Disney's had with all of their big older franchises, like Marvel, this, all of them, like, is balancing fan service with new characters. And I feel like I feel like Star Wars, like especially Star Wars, has suffered from this a lot. Um, is putting is too much. Like, it doesn't ruin the movies, but like, it's just it's it it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, great. Like, okay, yeah, we all clap now. Awesome cool um but like yeah i feel like that's definitely a problem that disney as a whole has had is fan service and i feel like it works for now and obviously the movies make tons of money because like they're like um it's like disney or whatever but i feel like eventually they're just gonna they're gonna run out they're gonna run out of stuff to put in there um if they don't make new characters and new um arcs otherwise i saw your hand go up yeah i definitely agree they're relying so heavily on what everybody else has created like basically what they're doing is they're adding characters because somebody else wrote them and somebody else wrote them much better than their current characters are written so i think one of the best examples of this this is obviously a little bit unrelated to the current one but Mm -hmm. when they wrote solo they decided to make their character bennett whatever the hell his name was look more impressive by name dropping aura singh stating that he'd killed her Aura Singh raised one of the most dangerous bounty hunters that's ever walked this earth and also was one of them and is also, I believe from her lore, an ex-Jedi. That was part of the thing. She couldn't, wasn't effective enough to train as a Jedi, so she became a non-force-using bounty hunter and was still wicked good at it. So to imply that this like very subpar, easily tricked guy killed Aura Singh just kind of shows the Star Wars will use any character that existed before to try to make themselves look better. I mean, sure, he could have been lying, but I mean, there's nothing to suggest that in the movie. They did the same thing in that movie with Darth Maul. They, at the end of the movie, they set up a sequel by reintroducing Darth Maul. And I'm like, let the man just die in peace. You've revived him four times. And sometimes it's good. And I know technically at that point he was alive because of Rebels, but... Mm -hmm. That's another situation of them. They made Kira, whatever her name is, played by the Game of Thrones girl, Rowan, what's her name? Amelia Clark. Thank you. I liked her a lot, but I don't, and I think it was very cool that she turned on them at the end so effectively, but they didn't need to throw Maul in there just to have Maul in there. Like they did, they do this so often, like in the Mandalorian, at least, Sokotano, Bo-Katan, you know, all the characters that existed in the Clone Wars and Rebels, they kind of carried on those arcs. But I feel like this was very much everyone who you heard their like voice or they you interacted with them in some way in the newer movies. It was just to try to improve the characters because they couldn't do it through their own writing. And that makes me angry. <laughs> Aaron? um yeah um all right sorry um yes i'm here okay i was gonna say that um i feel like yeah disney it's a a huge thing like relying on old characters and like fan service and stuff but like the thing is they're sending a whole message out to the whole entertainment industry that like if you're big like disney like they can get away with this they're gonna make millions like they don't have to make anything new or like anything new that's good they can just use the old shit right and i feel like that's a that's a dangerous message it's a similar thing with like modern video games especially like like big companies buy up smaller um smaller like um game studios and like make like more franchise stuff like they don't have to try right and i feel like that's that's a really dangerous message to be sending out to the whole like entertainment industry especially like big companies um like disney like they don't they don't have to try anymore it's a thing they're so they're too big um, like they can they'll, they can pump out like mediocre to like okay content and like we're also gonna watch it. Everyone's gonna go buy a ticket. Like, but it's still plenty profitable. Um, I think that's just like a big that's a big problem that's kind of been has been like sort of like I guess like culminating and like growing for like the like last couple of years and stuff. If Disney's bought up more um, properties, Eliza. Um, I think that they there are studios that do that in a sense i think you could say that marvel is doing it successfully a lot of their new content is very interesting they're picking through the best of absolutely decades of comic history Mm -hmm. and creating it to one coherent storyline and 
I think that they are pushing it a little bit with some of their shows, but regardless, they're doing a decent job. And I think if that had been Star Wars' objective to just use old content, that would have been one thing. I mean, there is a lot of lore for Star Wars. There are tons of games and books and comics, but they didn't decide to do that. They decided to create a new storyline, another Skywalker storyline, and just kind of bring in little pieces for fun from the other things. And I, I think that's kind of a confusing message because why why ruin like decades of good canon because like like for example personally i love the thrawn series a lot it's because i love thrawn a lot and they're making new thrawn books and to some extent that's fine but the reason the thrawn trilogy is being rewritten in another version of canon is because they decided to continue to start the new Skywalker storyline, the new three movies, just ignoring all their old canon. So it's like, well, what are you doing? Are you are you trying to use it or are you ignoring it completely? Because so far what you've done is overwrite a ton of old, very, very good content because you just didn't, you wanted to have your Kylo Ren guy and your Ray girl and you wanted them instead of, for example, Luke's twins. I mean, not Luke's mm-hmm. twins, Leia's twins or Luke having Luke and Mara Jade, that storyline. Like there were other storylines, arguably better storylines. You might not agree, but like, well, it's kind of just like, okay, well, which is it? Are you creating a whole new storyline or are you trying to use the old ones? Because what you're like, what Marvel's not <laughs> disney is doing right now with star wars is a little bit confusing and a little bit irritating yeah um i said like i feel like i agree that marvel doesn't really fall it doesn't not completely but like marvel doesn't really fall into the same trap and i think the reason for that is from my perspective at least is that marvel has like both star wars and marvel have decades and decades of past um canon and lore and all that stuff but i feel like it doesn't Marvel has an easier time with this because they, their old like lore and like content and stuff wasn't, like sure it's popular, but it wasn't like like a Marvel like 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 the Marvel movies and like the Avengers and all that that made Marvel like main mainstream that everyone knows about. So they're they're free to make um, new stuff and stuff like that. But I feel like the popularity of the original Star Wars stuff before like Disney or maybe like like Disney like made Marvel popular like that. But I feel like Star Wars is already popular and already had like so many like beloved characters by like like everyone, right? And so they kind of fall into that trap more because it was already set up so popular as opposed um, to Marvel. Also, I have to blast, guys. Um, this was epic. Um, I'm sure I'll be back on here at some point. Um, Bye, baby. Sure Bye, no problem. Well, um... I think that was a yeah. pretty solid discussion right there. <laughs> I, I have spoke. one more point. All right, go for it. Be my guest. I you can't, uh, this is not, we're not having this conversation without me bringing this up. My biggest problem with this script was also my biggest problem with the the script that got made into a movie. And it's that in both of them, Raylo is in some sense canon. And that sucks because it's hella creepy and also not interesting. Like, I know that this one I prefer, obviously, instead of kissing, they just suggest that his look could be interpreted as longing. But either way, frankly, it's gross, it's creepy, and it's unnecessary. And I'm also not wrong, and I won't be argued with. That's a completely valid point. No, we, we actually did bring this up earlier. We, Good, we all because agree, I was I think. worried that someone had... It's definitely my least favorite parts of the new movie. It not only feels fear, really forced, but it's got like Draco Hermione energy, but in a much worse way. <laughs> I I agree. It's like yeah. an like because so many other things do an M an enemy like an antagonist protagonist romance better than than this. It's called enemies to lovers. I I <laughs> messed up. I knew what I meant. Um, well. We want to thank all of you for joining us. This was an amazing discussion and uh, for joining us for our Duel of the Fates reading in general.
Sebastian? Brandon, uh, just fun fact, uh, you have been on six consecutive times, uh, Rowan told me the other day, making you the longest running guest we've had. I'm the Anthony Daniels of this Yeah. <laughs> All right, Do I have to kill him to, to surpass that amount? You might have. Is he just going to keep being be on? on? another five. The last going to rise in sky, rise just Skywalker. Well, for Across the Stars, uh, th well, thank you all for listening out there and watching whatever uh, medium you are, uh, you are getting this content on. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, for Across the Stars, my name is Roman Wood. And I'm Sebastian Rickohoff, and we will see you all next time. <laughs>